following message is from Christian Life Austin. For more information about Christian Life, visit clcaustin.com. Thank you for listening. Hello, Texas. Closest spot to heaven in the USA, right? Y'all may be seated. So good to be here. I, talking about Texas, I, I pastor in Seattle. I have the heart of Texas. God called me to Babylon. How he said there's a bunch of heathen up in Seattle, which is why I'm there, hopefully. Um, but we have, uh, when we come in and out of Texas, I'm always thinking, man, when it's just so, it's so obvious that it's like people here are born saved. <laughs> it's, it's so very different. And I'm, I'm thrilled to be here on the 32nd anniversary of Pastor Rex and Patty as pastors of this great church. 32 years. That, that is no joke. That is no joke. And anybody who stays that long in a church, you know the average stay for a pastor is three years. So anybody that makes it 32 years is either really called of God or super stubborn. <laughs> One or the other, maybe a little bit of both. But to see what's happened here in uh, Christian life. I was here, when I, the last time I was here, you were in your other building. But this is the, this is the building, the pandemic. You built it in the middle of the pandemic, is what I understand. That, that, that's absolutely pretty pretty cool thing going on there, that you would, uh, you would keep on building the, the church and moving forward in the pandemic. So, you know, I, I wanted to, I was thinking about what I wanted to talk about, and so over the next few minutes, I, I just... I'm excited to share with you some things about why your pastor's actually been here for 32 years. And I want to I wanna talk about, uh, and, and maybe this is just a tribute to him and to you for all that you have done as, uh, as, as a local church. But whatever it is or however it lands with you, I just hope it blesses you. Are you guys ready for a little bit of, of teaching and word and... I want you to just say, my heart's open. Say it out loud. Say, my heart's open. My mind's ready. Make me better, God. Today, I'm here on purpose and for purpose and with purpose. And tonight is not a waste. Tonight matters. Tonight counts. I am growing. We're getting better. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So we're going to talk a little bit about loving and building the church. Some people love and build universities, and some people love and build businesses, and some people love and build uh, ball teams and sports programs. But Christians and people who love the Lord, they love and build the church. I want to just show you a few scriptures in uh, actually just some psalms. 
And I want you to just, as, as I show you these, I want you to just sense the passion that the psalmist has for the house of God. Psalm 26 and 8, he says, I love the house where you live and the place where your glory dwells. Better is one day in your court, Psalm 84, than a thousand elsewhere. Can somebody shout amen? amen? I'd rather be a doorkeeper in the house of God than dwell in the tents of the wicked. Psalm 122, I rejoice with those who said to me, let us go. It's time for church. It is Wednesday. It is Sunday. Let us go to the house of the Lord. Psalm 23, surely goodness and love is going to follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord until somebody hurts my feelings. Come on, somebody shout forever. forever. Say it again, forever. forever. You know, there's nothing that we can do that is in more sync with Jesus than loving and building the church. Amen. I want you to think about that for a minute. A lot of people are like, I wonder, I wonder what Jesus would have me to do. Well, one thing for sure is the Bible says that Christ loves his church and that he gave himself for it. And Jesus said in Matthew 16, he said, on this rock I will what? I will, come on, I will what? I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail (laughs) against it. So there's nothing that you and I can do in our lifetime that's more in sync with Jesus than loving and building the house of God. I mean, ask yourself this. If Jesus loves the church, then why would any believer want to be indifferent toward the church? Why would any believer want to be passive toward the church? And, and even more so, why would any believer want to tear down or criticize or be indifferent toward the very thing that Jesus is building? Anybody ever thought about this before? Like, why, why would anyone not want to get on that same wavelength with Jesus? Jesus said, I'm building my church, I'm building my church, I'm building my church. Why would anybody who loved Jesus not want to also be building the church? You know, there's, uh, there's good causes. There are great causes across Austin. And there are things that we can give to, give our time to, and invest in that are good. But a good cause is not the same as a God cause. The, the church is God's idea. A lot of people think that man came up with that and Pastor Rex had an idea 32 years ago that he would just start something called the church. The church was here way before Pastor Rex was. The church is not his idea. It's not my idea. It's not your idea. The church is is God's idea. And there is no plan. There is no plan B. It's plan A. There is no plan B. It embodies the heart and the soul 
of God. And there's nothing that you and I can do that's in more cooperation with Jesus than just loving the house and building the house and supporting the house and wanting to see the house of God move forward. You see, a Christian, there's a lot of people who talk about being Christians, and a Christian is who we are individually. But the church is who we are collectively. And a lot of times when, when we think about the church, we underestimate the value of it, the greatness of it, the strength of it. We think of it as just somewhere we go, somewhere that we show up at, and we're going to feel a little better when we leave. And, you know, we don't have a, a, a oftentimes all of us, including me, we don't have a full scope of what the church really is and, and understanding that, that God's plan is for every believer to be committed and connected to his great church. Great things happen in the house of God that don't happen anywhere else. Can I get an amen? amen. Great things happen in the house of God that aren't happening down at, at the hospital, aren't happening down at the, at the Walmart, aren't, aren't happening at the grocery store, aren't happening at the school. Good things happen at school. I mean, we get educated, hospitals, we get healed. Those are good things going on. But things happen in the church that don't happen anywhere else. And let, let me do a little time out. Not everything that happens in the church is great. <laughs> I mean, humans are involved. So it's not perfect. It's okay. You can nod your head. Because you've, you've experienced that, right? And some of your friends that you're trying to get to come to church with you they, they've experienced that. So they'll tell you all the stuff that happened and maybe happened to them and bad stuff. The church is not perfect. The church will never be perfect as long as people are a part of it. But that doesn't change the fact that the church is God's plan. God's hand is on the church. Hey, there are no perfect families. But thank God when we have a good family, amen? amen? There are no perfect marriages, but how many of you know marriage is God's plan for our life? Amen. I remember after being away from home a few years, I grew up in St. Louis, and I was out in the Northwest. I went home. My mom made my favorite meal and, uh, that, I, that, that she knew I loved, and, and that was meatballs and green peppers. And she made it. I sat down. The plane landed. I got home. I sat down at the table. And she started feeding me. And, and I guess she noticed that I, as I was eating it, I wasn't quite as ambitious about it, you know. And so my mom, she said, is everything okay? Oh, yeah, yeah. It's good, Mom. Thank you so, so much. But moms know. <laughs> and she's like, well, 
Son, my meatballs are kind of like you're preaching. Sometimes I hit it, sometimes I don't. <laughs> I'm just talking about imperfect. I'm talking about how all of us, the, 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 the band doesn't always hit the right notes. And the songs aren't always going to be exactly like we hope they would turn out. And sometimes we forget the words to the song. And all kinds of things happen, especially when you get technology involved. My goodness. We become vulnerable in a whole lot of ways. Church is not perfect. Amen? Amen. I think I want to hang out here for just a minute. Church is not perfect. Amen. We made a, We have like you guys have here. What a beautiful building. And we have this sort of a seating, only ours, ours is steeper, and, and it's up another level, and stadium seating. And so we made a, a rule, this has been a few years ago, we made a rule because a lot of people were coming in late to church. No, no condemnation if you got here late tonight. <laughs> but a lot of people were coming in late, and... Um, we just decided that, you know, the gates like you have here, well, we have a second tier of gates, and it's steep, and we just decided it's kind of dangerous when there's people in the seats, and they have their hands raised, and they're worshiping, and someone who's late comes in and is trying to get inside the aisle and to their seat, and so we're like, okay, we got to do something about this, and we made a rule that if, you know, if, if we're in that kind of worshipful song and people might have their eyes closed worshiping then we're just going to hold people at the gate until that song is over first weekend we did it up on the second level lady came walking into church she was late and the usher stopped her and said if you you just wait here for a moment she looked at him she said you mean i can't go into church (laughs) and he said no no you can go into church I just need you to wait here for a few moments until maybe the song is over and there's a transitional moment, and then you can go in and go up and, and find your seat. And she, she wasn't happy, and she's, she's like, so you're not going to let me go in. <laughs> and then she put her hands, she's, she said, so what would Jesus do? And the quick-thinking usher said, Jesus would be on time for church. (laughs) Everybody say, church is not perfect. Come on, it's not perfect. (laughs) But things still happen here that don't happen anywhere else. We experience God's presence here. The word of the Lord is spoken here. Lives get changed here. Hearts get healed here. Relationships get restored here. In this house, babies are dedicated. Children learn about God. People are baptized. Lives are changed. 
Friends become family. Men and women meet their future wife and husband. Hang in there, single people. You never know. Grace is really high in this house. It doesn't matter who you are or where you came from. When you come into the church, there's an abundance of grace. Come on, I said there's an abundance of grace. There's nowhere like church anywhere except church. The, the, the church is the closest thing to heaven on earth. There's a scripture I want to show you in Genesis 28. Jacob was in the wilderness and he encountered the presence of God. And he says in Genesis 28, 16, it says, when Jacob awoke from his sleep, he thought to himself. Now, I bet you've had moments like that probably many times, maybe even tonight in church, where you think to yourself, surely the Lord is in this place. But he says something interesting here that I want to bring your attention to. He says, surely the Lord is in this place, and I was not aware of it. I was not aware of it. How many of you be honest enough to say, happened to me too? Oh, come on, happened to me too. I encountered a moment. I encountered a word from God. It doesn't just happen. I know God can talk to us anywhere, but there's something about the house of God. There's something about the church. Things happen. Hearts get healed. Direction, divine direction comes in a moment. It's like God's here. God's here. And I was just getting off work and got here as quick as I can and I wasn't even thinking about it and then God shows up. Because where two or three are gathered together, It's like you, you roll in on a weekend, on a Sunday, you get the kids over to their class and you get through that parking lot and the crazy stuff and the traffic and, the, and then you get in here and you're like, I made it. And then within just a few moments, it can be like, wow. God's, God is here. I was just doing my, I was just doing what I'm, being obedient and doing and getting church like I'm supposed to be in church, but today was different. <laughs> I was in a public restroom washing my hands, and the door opened up to my right, and a woman walked in. <laughs> and I, she saw me, and I saw her. Our eyes met about the same time, and and I could tell she was in shock. 
And she starts backing up and apologizing. I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry. And I, I was just trying to warm up the moment and be friendly. I smile real big and I said, you're in the wrong restroom. <laughs> she gets to the door, she opens it up, turns and looks at me and says, no, you're in the wrong <laughs> restroom. I'll never forget walking out the door and look. I had to look for myself on the door. There it was. It was women. It was like, it said women, right? Eye level on the door. And I'm thinking, how did I not see that? Like, how, how was I not aware? How, how, did, I, how did that not register? And my point that I'm making is that we have, to, we have to be careful, church, because sometimes we get so used to the environment and, and the atmosphere that we overlook the beauty and the significance of this gathering that we do once, twice, three times a week, the relationships that we have that have literally changed and altered our lives, the decisions that we made in the house that literally took our life in a whole new, better direction. And and, and if we're not careful, all of us can be desensitized. It's just human nature. You can get desensitized and you can walk into things and not notice it. You can walk past things and not be aware. You can walk down the halls and into the classrooms where volunteers are volunteering their time and they're pouring themselves into your children and and not realize that these are moments and days where people's investment are changing children's lives. Early one morning in Washington, D.C., a man positioned himself on a busy sidewalk by a metro station. He pulls out his violin, puts a hat on the ground, begins to play. And what no one knew was that he was a famous violinist by the name of Joshua Bell. His violin was worth $3.5 million dollars. He played throughout the morning on a busy, hustle-bustle Washington, D.C. sidewalk with his hat sitting there, and passerbyers came, some quick, some stopped, some looked, some listened, some clapped, and $32 got dropped into his hat. And just two days before, a Boston theater was packed paying an average of $100 per person to hear him play the violin. My point, my point is that we can walk in, walk through, walk by, walk past, be a part, even for months, even for years, of God's great church and somehow not notice and somehow not be aware. And it doesn't make you bad if you do this. It makes you human. 
but I'm just here on this Wednesday night to say, wait just a minute, let's all work hard on this because this is something really, really special. This is something really, really divine. This is something really, really significant. And when you have a guy, pardon me, pardon me, my friend, Pastor Rex, but you have a guy who's got bald head walking around with a happy face like he does after 32 years of loving and building the house of God. It doesn't get much better than that. It doesn't get much better. I'm scared now I'm going to wake up in the morning with no hair. I, I meant that in love. It's like I look at him and I go, he told me tonight, he's like, hey, bud, I got 10 years on you and I ain't done yet. I'm like, my goodness, you got more energy than I had 10 years ago. But you know what? He loves God's church. And you love God's church. And what we're a part of is so significant and so special. And if, if the fact that we get to be a part of it is such an honor and such a privilege. So I started you in Genesis 28 with Jacob saying, I woke up and I didn't realize. I, I, I didn't realize that the Lord is in this place. But let me finish it. He said, I, I was not aware of it, but then he was afraid, the scripture says, and he said, how awesome. How awesome is this place? Somebody shout awesome. Awesome. Say awesome. That's how the Aussies say awesome. How awesome is this place? This is none other than the house of God, and this is the gate of heaven. There's nowhere more like heaven than the house of God. Amen. Amen. I just hope you walk out of here tonight with a little bit of that awesome feeling reminding you that there's nowhere else like this house, anywhere around this house. Can you shout amen? Amen. Okay, one, one, more, one more thing about church. Let me just do one more. I got a ton of notes, but we're going to finish on this one. And that is that the church is like a team with different roles, but a common goal. So I want you to, I want you to think about how this night unfolded, how a weekend unfolds. And I want to remind you that everybody has a part to play. And your part matters. On a football team, there's 11 at a time on the field. And then another 11 comes out, so there's 22. But then there's a whole lot of other talents waiting and supporting and backing them up. And there's other coaches. And there's staff and there's team. And so it just keeps growing from there. And then you got all the fans cheering. And the team is, uh, has the same goal, like they want to win, headed in the same direction, but they all have different roles. Every role is unique, 
But the common goal is, let's win. And I want to just remind you, we're not here in the world today. We're not here to lose. We're here to win. It's already been prophesied the gates of hell will not prevail. It's already been said no weapon formed against you is going to prosper. (laughs) We all have a part to play. I just want to encourage you, play your part, do your best. If you've been an observer, a spectator, I want to encourage you to get connected. I want to encourage you to get committed. I want to encourage you to live in community. I want to encourage you to understand that the life of the church is in one another and the relationship that we all have together in God. The fact that you're here on a Wednesday night, I'd say for the most part, 99% of you all, like you're, you're, you're committed. But if you don't have a role to play, maybe think about, pray about this week. Where can I, where can I contribute? So many people are doing so many things from the parking lot to the doorway to the greeters to the ushers to the musicians on the, on the stage, to the people who sing, to the people who are on cameras right now, to the people who create a welcoming, joyful atmosphere, to the pastors that lead, to the children's ministry that works together, to, to all of the different parts of it. But you know what? If God brought you here, there's something you, you have to offer and to give and to do. And even to all of, the, of you who, like, you, you, you give, and some of you don't just give tithe. You give above your tithe because you have the gift of giving in your life. I say, God bless you tonight. Let's all just do what God's called us to do. And when we do what God's called us to do, let's not let the other side intimidate us. Amen? Let's not let what's going on in the world bother us. Let's not let our differences separate us. Let's not think me, let's think we. (laughs) Let's rally around our leaders. Come on, we're the church. We're not just a social club that started a few years. We're the church. We began way back in the book of Acts. And we are a church that is undefeatable. We're a part of a a church that will never, never lose. We might lose a few battles, but we're never going to lose the war. Because God's hand is on us. So let's just be hungry to win. Let's be hungry to overcome evil with good. Let's be big thinking. Let's be faith-filled. Not just for now, but for the future. Let's think out into the generations ahead of us. Into the children that are coming up. And the young people that are coming up. And let's bless them. And, and let's, just, let's, just, let's just believe that God is doing things generationally in our house. And when you hear bad, scary things about, you know, what's going on in the world around you, don't lose your focus. Because God is building his church. And when the dark gets darker, the light gets brighter. Amen.
Amen. Come on, amen. How many of you are glad to be a part of God's great church? Come on, anybody glad that you're a part? Come on, anybody who would say, this is awesome. My church is awesome. God's church is awesome. I'm so thankful to be in the church. Wow, 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 wow. Let's stand to our feet if you would right now. I want to bless you and pray with you. Before I, I just do a prayer over you, I, I want to ask you with maybe heads bowed, eyes closed. I don't know what your normal is, but I just feel this. I want to do two opportunities. The first one is I want to invite you. If you're here and you say, you know what, Pastor Kevin, I want to, I'm not absolutely sure that I am in right standing with God. And I don't want this night to end with uncertainty in my heart and my mind. And this could be somebody who has never had a relationship with God or someone whose relationship with God has grown cold. And there's a distance between you and God. But if that's you and you say, Pastor Kevin, I want to get, I, I want to be reconnected with God. I want, I want the hope of salvation in my life. And I don't want to leave here like I came. Just right now, if you would, just boldly raise your hand around the room. I'm looking, God's looking, and wow, hands are going up. Good. Hold your hand up high. This is my moment. This is my time. Fantastic. Fantastic. Now, you can keep your hand up just for a moment, but I want to add to the hands that are up. If you're here and you say, you know what, I've not been connected to the church like I want to be. I want to get planted in the house of the Lord. Bible says if you're planted in the house of the Lord, you're going to flourish in the courts of God, Psalm 92. And there might be a couple who's here tonight who has not been connected, and you're feeling what I'm saying, and this is your moment. How about you raise your hand just before God tonight. Say, I want to get connected. I don't want to be a bystander. I see it. I get it. God's great church. I want to be a part of it. Wow, hands are going up all over the room. Everybody, if you would, just say this out loud. Say, Lord Jesus. Welcome to my world. Come into my heart. Forgive me of all my sin. Make me a new person. I boldly declare I'm planted in God's house. I'm flourishing in God's kingdom. And I'll never be the same again. In Jesus' name. And everybody said a great big amen. amen. God bless you, church.